to tell you about DraftKings. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. And to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, which will get you a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes. Just download the top-rated DraftKings app right now. Use that promo code THPN. And when you sign up, you get a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. You go to the DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cast prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything. Get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is nice to be talking to you all. Happy Monday, yes it is. And uh, we've got an interesting little show for you guys tonight. Uh, Some typical little topics we have going on but we have a big announcement coming up of something that's really fun that we're really looking forward to so to get into that along with everything else with me per usual is my wonderful and amazing co-host Richie Suave Flores how you doing hello Corey yes a very a very good episode we have some hockey to talk about we have some coyotes to talk about on the show which is always nice we're gonna we have a, a show announcement we teased the last week we'll talk about it again and we're going to make it the biggest damn episode in the history of the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Jacob Chikrin, will he get a Norris nomination? We will find out on Wednesday. We'll talk about that. We will talk about the World Championships. A couple of Coyotes taking home gold medals in that one. And we will also talk about uh, Corey's weekend. And we'll talk about our sporty question and, and more. So it's going to be a, a good show. For you, we have planned. We actually planned it out this time. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. On this episode, I feel like we had some planning. But coming up on on Saturday, we will be conducting a big 4th anniversary special live stream, June 12th, 2 p.m. here in Arizona time. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be joined by some special guests. We have Nick from... Stick Hungry, and of course, Benders from Habs Nightly expected to join us. I'm going to do the watermelon and mustard challenge that's been going around TikTok and the internet. So it's we don't really know what's going to happen on the show, but you can watch it live on our YouTube channel. It's going to be up on Twitch, Facebook, a lot of all the other places. You'll be easily find it. And it's very exciting that we get to celebrate our fourth anniversary of the show live with the people of the sporting nation first of all how cool is it that this show has been around for four years think about how much also too that we've evolved from it it started out as just like a fun little passion project with our friends um you know we we named it literally drinking um on cinco de mayo we went from that to 
um, you know, shooting shows and just having fun with our friends, talking about uh, Arizona sports as a whole. Then we got picked up by the Hockey Podcast Network. And, uh, you know, our main passion is hockey. So we got to just focus on hockey and and bring it to you guys this way. We started out as a web show. So I think, you know, doing this live episode um, streamed with video is actually a, a very cool thing because it'll be bringing us back to our original uh, roots of the show. And, and it'll just be a ton of fun. It'll get off the rails. That's the whole point of it is we wanted to do an off the rails episode with these guys because they're a ton of fun. And I feel like there's not a lot of us like OGs from um, THPN really left. So it'll be really nice for all of us to just be able to get on there together and have some fun, see where it goes. And the best part of it being live is the Sporty Nation gets to be a part of it. You guys can kind of dictate uh, to some degree where the show goes. So make sure to be watching live and comment and let us know and just be a, a part of uh, the show as much as possible because we are definitely going to enjoy celebrating this fourth anniversary with you guys. Now, the question is, are you going to be partaking in the watermelon and mustard taste test with me? Or am I just going that alone? I am willing to do the one that is... um what is it? Watermelon and cinnamon. I love watermelon and I love cinnamon. So I'll do that one. I refuse to do anything with mustard. I hate mustard. Um, a good friend of ours, uh, Bauer, I was actually having a conversation with him the uh, today about it. Um, it's very well known that you're supposed to only have um, like you're not supposed to have ketchup on a hot dog is supposedly the thing, you know, working in baseball. I was told all the time that it was ridiculous that I would put ketchup on a hot dog. I can't stand mustard. Like literally some of Scotty's friends got into a deep discussion about mustard. And I told them like how gross mustard is in this discussion. And, and like people were being called childish. It got, it got dirty in <laughs> discussion. Like, uh, um, and I can say that, like, it wasn't that I called someone childish. Someone called uh, called us childish for not liking mustard. Because apparently the child, the, the child condiment is ketchup. So I've gotten a lot of insults about not liking mustard. Still hate mustard. So you, you guys aren't going to change my opinion on it. And you're certainly not going to... Uh, convince me to um to eat mustard on watermelon which is something i love so okay so uh now you know i love mustard first of all it's it's one of my top favorite condiments it's delicious i'm one of the people anymore when i was a kid it was different but as i've gotten older i usually only do mustard relish on my hot dogs anymore Uh, i love must i always put mustard on any sandwich i make delicious and i feel like my um my love of mustard has now kind of deviated off 
onto um, Kat's daughter, Izzy, because she also likes to put a bunch of mustard on her sandwiches now. So the the mustard is is alive and well in the, the Richie and Kat household here, which is nice. So I, I was like, I'm not expecting to like the combination of watermelon and mustard. In fact, I it sounds absolutely disgusting, frankly. But I still want to try it and just see where it goes. It would make for it make it will make for good hashtag content. Okay, that's why I'm doing it, Sporty Nation. I am putting myself on the line, my tongue in the line for your enjoyment, just like I did with the Chaco Challenge a while back. I'm going to be doing it with this, and in fact, I may do both. I may do it, try it with cinnamon, and as well as mustard. And we'll see where both of those go. Now, usually, if I'm eating watermelon, and I don't eat it that often, I, I go with salt. I always pop some salt on there, and that's like that's perfect. So that's the thing, is my mom's the same way. She has salt with her watermelon. And I was thinking to myself, a, a, a large part of mustard is like that vinegary taste. Um, which is not the part of mustard that bothers me. It's the actual, like, mustard taste, the mustard seed taste. Um, but since it has a very vinegary, um, taste to it, it might be similar in that aspect of, you know, to putting salt on there. It's just the, like, actual mustard flavor that I feel like would make it taste weird. You sent me a video of Lizzo eating it. And mm-hmm. I kept on trying to figure out by her facial expressions on whether she was disturbed or confused, but she didn't seem pleased. Yeah, she said in the, she said in that same video that she ended up just eating the rest of it with tahini, which is a, another type of um, like powder type substance. Which um, I. That I think if it, if I'm correct, I had that I have to, I'll have to look it up. Um, but one of there there is times in your life where you will be surprised that you know something tastes good. I think it might have been this, yeah, because it's a yeah. So like I had never. For a while, I'd never heard of, like, rolling your corn in mayonnaise and then this tahini sauce or tahini mm-hmm. uh, powder. And it's actually delicious. Yes, yeah, I've so heard fun. of that before. And it has, it has a specific name, too, what you're talking about. And it's very popular in, in like, Hispanic cuisine, but I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember either. So I, I do have to say that a lot of times being open to things, I mean, given that one's an actual, like, people actually eat it in, in Mexican culture. That's part of one of their things that uh, they eat a lot. So it's not like something weird like this. But um, I, I do try to keep my mind open with a lot of things. It's funny how much I don't like mustard. This shows to you how much I don't like mustard. That I'm usually pretty open. As long as something's not spicy. If it's spicy, I will die. I am not a good yes. person when it comes to spice. So, for but for most things, I will try it at least once. And if I hate it, I won't try it again. But this one, I couldn't do it. 
The cinnamon and watermelon sounds delicious, though, so I could actually get behind that. Yeah, especially if you put the right amount on there, that I think it that could work. And speaking of, like, trying things, so I I sent this, I sent that uh, mustard TikTok to front of the show Jordan on sa- on Saturday night, and she was just as horrified as you were with it. And then I proceeded to make the joke that, hey, it can't be as bad as pineapple on pizza. Now, um, to which I got the, uh, the, the old, uh, excuse me, basically, sir, get out of here with that, with that take type of message. Here's the thing. I don't get it. I mean, I mean, good for her that she likes it, but that's the same thing. Like, you know, there's just certain things like pineapple on pizza, the whole, like, uh, any type of, um, like, uh, f- fish, you know, like anchovies, any of that stuff on pizza. How about no? Um, like, and I mean, I've had some interesting pizzas before. Like, I've had uh, Mellow Mushroom used to have a, a chicken Caesar one. So they literally put, like, a Caesar salad type of situation on a pizza. It's good. Um, barbecue chicken pizza is good. Like there's a few different like pizzas that are weird that you would think wouldn't be good, but actually are good. Pineapple on pizza. No. Any type of fish on pizza. No. So, yeah. So I put it out on Twitter and I was like, Hey, listen, I haven't had pineapple on pizza in 20 years. And, and cause I had it when I was a kid and didn't really like it. My sisters love it. I feel like they eat it all the time, but I just wasn't my thing. So I was like, all right, well, sometimes as you get older, you appreciate things differently and and your taste buds will change. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe if I try it again, maybe I will like it this time. So I'm still trying to figure out if at some point I will retry having pineapple on my pizza and seeing how that goes. See, there is... There is a truth to that. I was that way about uh, pickles. I hated pickles when I was a kid. But then once I got to about like teenager type age, um, I really like I liked eating pickles still to this day. Like I don't want to eat pickles like on my like cheeseburger or whatever. But I do like to eat pickles just by themselves. I like them just simply buy themselves pickles but I went through a phase where I actually used to just eat pickles a lot and it I went from like none to loving it so there is a chance that you will like it there are certain things um I was just talking about um uh sweet potatoes with Scotty's parents today everyone wants to make me try sweet potatoes because they think I will actually like them they think oh you just didn't like them last time you tried them. This time you try them, you will feel differently about them. They keep on trying to get me to eat them. I still don't like sweet potatoes. Hmm. Now, that would cause caused a, a very big cancellation in, in the Flores household because that's what we eat every holiday pretty much is like ham, sweet potatoes, and then with the sweet potatoes, you make them with brown sugar oh and then you 
and then also you can kind of melt some marshmallow on top and just like just i've so- heard that how does it not how is it not too sweet that's the thing it's very it is very sweet which is why i like it see like the sweet potatoes are a little too sweet for me and i don't like the texture the texture it reminds me of baby food uh yeah yeah actually you know what that's actually kind of true but you know what i don't care what the texture tastes like it's still fucking good it tastes good so yeah i'm a big texture person i can't there's certain (laughs) foods i can't eat because of the texture of them and i've always been that way and it's so funny because it could taste good but if it if the texture of it's weird i can't interesting i guess yeah i think a lot of people are that same way i can't think of anything off the top of my head that i like there was the whipped yogurt that they did for a while there yeah good delicious I can't with that texture. I just really can't handle that texture. The The feeling of it in my mouth grosses me out. It needs to be like, I don't know, a little bit creamier, I guess, to more of like a whipped cream. I could handle it. But the way that they have it is too, There's, it's like too airy. It's a little gross. <laughs> Interesting. That's... Everybody's different when it comes to their food. I know. Everyone's going to think I'm so weird now after hearing all of my weird little things with food. Uh, Oh, uh, one last thing, because I put out the sporty question about this, too. And because I had some today, which got me thinking about it, which was uh, cold pizza. Now, I think you and I have talked about this before, probably likely have. But I, I love cold pizza. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And actually, at times, I prefer eating cold pizza to like fresh out of the oven pizza. So <laughs> this this one is an interesting question because I have always eaten pizza both ways. Like I don't really mind. Once I got older, I got like a little bit pickier about it. Like I never wanted to really like microwave my pizza. It actually seemed like too like mushy once I did that. And so then when I got like a little toaster oven, I just would like toast my pizza in there. But it takes some time. And when you're like just wanting to eat pizza, I just would rather just take it out of the fridge and eat it cold. Um, The other day I did that with um, pizza that Scotty brought home for me before you came over for the Suns game. Mm -hmm. And it was delicious. I mean, I have learned um, in in a disappointing fashion that I'm a lot more sensitive to dairy as I've gotten older. So it was a pizza that didn't have any cheese on it. It just had like the veggies on it. So it probably was a little bit easier to eat cold because of that reason. But I don't mind cold pizza. Good. Because I I know some people like... I know my dad is this way, which is like every time he ha- we've had pizza in the past and we put it in the fridge, I go directly to eating it straight cold, but he has to always put it back in the oven or whatever to reheat it. And I was like, I can't do it, especially in the microwave. It gets all soggy. Disgusting. So you can uh, let us know at Corey underscore Richie show on the Twitter. If you like your pizza cold, do you like your sweet potato? Do you like sweet potatoes? Um, are you willing to try the mustard and watermelon challenge with me on Saturday during our live stream, two o'clock 
YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you can find it. Don't forget about that. So let's move into some of the Coyotes news of the week coming up here. Big week for the Coyotes, in my opinion, because on Wednesday morning, which is usually when they announce these things, we are going to be either really happy or really disappointed when the NHL announces its nominations for the Norris Trophy. And we kind of know at least one of the nominees who it's going to be, possibly two, which is Kale McCarr, who is probably the favorite to win at this point, the Norris Trophy. And then Victor Hedmond, who I feel like is always in the conversation uh, for the Norris Trophy. I feel like he's probably going to get a, a nod. But then the third person who's going to get nominated is who we're really looking out for. And for both of us, we we are, of course, pumping the tires of Jacob Chickren to get that third Norris nomination. Will he win it? No, he won't. But he deserves a nomination. We've talked about it on this show before. I even asked Rick Tockett about it earlier in the season, and, and he was kind of like – you know, we don't really want to talk about that right now because we're in the middle of a playoff race, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, yeah, I think he, he kind of deserves it more or less, hinting at that fact. And I, I think it's a pretty clear and cut case that Jacob Chikrin should get a Norris nomination. Will he? I doubt it because of East Coast bias. <laughs> Well, and I think it's it's really unfortunate because I've been reading kind of some people uh, what they were saying and reasons why he should and why he shouldn't uh, get nominated. And a lot of the, the reasons why I've heard that he shouldn't is, is productivity in the fact that the team in front of these guys played better, which is so not chikrin's fault like i just hate the fact that basically because his team wasn't as good like productivity wise that he gets dinged for it because he it just it doesn't come up stat wise as pretty because of the fact that the rest of the team wasn't able to support him which i think is so dumb you should have more it should count more in the fact that the team was struggling and he was able to, um, one, be a leader on the team. Two, was able to lead a defense that was struggling all season. And he was able to pull it out and have such a great season that he's even in the Norse conversation. So I feel like that should bear more weight. But back to your East Coast bias thing, when it comes down to it, a lot of these, um, a, a lot of these people haven't been watching Coyotes games, so they wouldn't really know that. And so they go into this looking at his stats, going, "Oh yeah, he had a decent season. Um, he leads. He was the NHL leader in goals and for defensemen." And they'll look at that and be like, "Oh yeah, that's great. He had an admirable season." But there's people that are better than him based off stats alone because of the fact that they don't factor in all of the reasons why it was such a struggle for him to do so well. And he still did it anyways. And, you know, yeah, going back to some of the statistics, it's, it's pretty clear that he's a top elite defenseman in this league, not just because of goals and his production offensively, but defensively too. Um, I, here's a, a tweet from Mike Gould, 
who covers the NHL and variety of reasons. And he put out this chart from evolvinghockey.com that looks at Jacob Chikrin's more analytical view of things. And according to Evolving Hockey, they look at percentile rank in terms of where players rank. He is ranked in the 96th percentile overall of defensemen. He is in the 96th percentile on offense. And he's in the 85th percentile of defense. And it's pretty clear that across the board, he is a an elite level defenseman on both sides of the puck. And Mike said in this particular tweet, Jacob Chickern should be a Norris candidate, full stop. And, of course, we agree with him. He then went on to put out a poll where he was asking about, you know, he put out some options and he said, who gets your vote for Norris this year? And the three candidates he listed were Kale McCarr, Victor Hedmond, Jacob Chickren, and other. And... Kale McCarr ran away with 80% of the vote. But Jacob Chikrin, with over 1,900 votes cast, came in ahead of Victor Hedman in this poll. So I think some people understand that Jacob Chikrin is really good. But because, again, because he plays for the Coyotes, like on a non-playoff team, and on the and he's playing games, you know, past 10 o'clock at night, like people just don't know he exists. Like, I'm looking at some odds here to win the 2021 Norris Trophy from back in late April. Um, so getting dang, dang near close to the end of the season. And Jacob Chicker is not even on the board here, <laughs> which is wild. There are probably about a dozen names or so listed. Jacob Chicker wasn't one of the names, which is just crazy to me. So, again, even if he doesn't get it, an, an actual nomination – at least he, we know that he deserves that nomination in our hearts. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that will always be a frustrating thing, um, no matter what. I mean, we did just see um, Team Canada win the IIHF, and as we both know, their their goaltenders are Coyotes players, and even in that, all of the Canadians were bitching and moaning that they were the ones that were, that were going to be their goaltenders. You know, there was slimmer pickings this year and you got very excellent goaltenders to play for you and you're still bitching and moaning. It's always going to be a, uh, and, and I know people love to like give us shit in the fact that we always, uh, they think we always play this victim card of, you know, like everyone hates on the coyotes, but it's not just the Coyotes. It's definitely a, a West Coast issue in the fact that people don't notice the West Coast teams as much because, you know, like you said with the later times, but also, you know, unless they're thrown on a national stage, like this may be different if the Coyotes would have made it into playoffs. If he would have been able to be recognized here um, in the playoffs and, you know, he was actually put into a situation where there was eyes on him 
it may be different, but the fact that they won't notice him unless something extraordinary happens. And it's unfortunate that certain things like his hat trick this year weren't extraordinary enough for people to really, really take notice. And, you know, we're talking about West Coast bias. Well, I have a feeling there are going to be some people chirping us and they'll be like, well, um, you know, Camel Carr plays on the West Coast too. Well, that's true. But going to your point about team success, Camel Carr played for the President's Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche. Who has been my pick this whole time to win the Stanley Cup? They have been noticed whether you like it or not. Exactly. And Cam McCarr has more name notoriety anyway, going back to his time in college even, where he won the Hobie Baker. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he won the Hobie Baker. Or if he didn't, he at least was in contention to win it one year. And he also ran away with the Calder recently too, right, when he, during his rookie season. And so he's immediately already up a pedestal from Jacob Trickard anyway. Uh, Cam McCarr was also a really high draft pick, obviously, um, and was had more buzz about him to begin with. Um, now, the biggest difference, too, I would say, is that Cam McCarr gets to play with better talent across the board on the Colorado Avalanche roster, whereas Jacob Chikrin put up these numbers on a roster that was average at best. And I think that's something to keep in mind too. Like Kale McCarr, 41, or excuse me, Kale McCarr had 44 points in 44 games this year. Had a, uh, missed some time due to injury, so that's why he didn't play in every game. But, you know, Jacob Chicken had 41 and 56, so their point totals weren't all that different anyway. But am I saying that Jacob Chicken is better than Kale McCarr? No. Kale McCarr is one of the best players in the league for a reason. But, um, there are some, at least you can at least make the comparison in terms of the argument we're trying to make here. Well, and also in the fact that you don't have to go through adversity when you are on a, a very high caliber team that is extremely deep. They are an extremely deep team. And so when you go into certain things too, like people nitpicking about uh, Jacob Chickren's uh, plus minus in the fact that there are a lot of offensive mistakes that led to goals throughout the season that were really not, you know, it wasn't really his fault. It wasn't the, the, the defense of this team were also really struggling. So not necessarily in the pairings that he was in, they were not always necessarily good. You have to give him points in the fact that there is adversity that he had to go through. And, um, no matter what, if you are on a team that looks good, you will always look good because the people around you will always elevate you. I think it's much harder to be a Jacob Chikrin who was who's all who's been good but hasn't really been great. This was his first really breakout awesome season where we were able to see him like this and really see him in this light and see this is the future for him. And it's difficult because a lot of times people don't recognize that because he his name hasn't really been solidified as being great 
quite yet. Whereas, you know, a lot of, like you were saying before, his notoriety um, and playing for the Avs really helps keep him top of mind in, um, in all of the voters' minds, as opposed to Jacob Chikrin, who really, unless he's brought to the forefront of them, like I said before, they really don't think about him. We were gonna. We will find out on Wednesday, Sporty Nation. Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning, because they usually put these things out at like seven o'clock in the morning Arizona time. So that's around the time we will find out for sure if Jacob Trickern gets on the Norris nomination list. Now, but quickly before we move on to talking about the World Championships, which you already hinted about, Corey, I put out a tweet about. Um, Jacob Chikrin earlier this week in a Norris nomination. I was like, oh, I'm counting down the minutes until we find out that Jacob Chikrin gets a Norris nomination. And I'd like to point out that Jeff Chikrin, Jacob's dad, liked that tweet. So take with that what you will. <laughs> yeah, take that wherever you want to go with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Corey, you talked about the World Championships a minute ago and Canada winning the gold medal, which kind of shocked me in a way because remember how they started? Like, they were bad in the first several games. And I was like, oh, they have no chance at winning. Remember, we saw those clips of Darcy Kemper doing God knows fucking what in goal, giving up really nasty, ugly goals that on misplays in front of the net that were bad. It was really awful stuff. And then they turn around, they beat the United States – um, in the uh, semifinal, and then they take the gold medal over Finland. The reason why we bring this up, of course, is because uh, the Coyotes had three players on Team Canada's roster. Of course, Darcy Kemper. Of course, Aiden Hill. And, of course, Michael Bunting. Those three players, gold medal winning players for Team Canada. Darcy Kemper stops 29 of 31 shots for Team Canada in their overtime win against Finland. So congratulations to them. And also congratulations to Connor Garland, who Team U- he was part of Team USA, of course. They won the bronze medal there. And, and also congratulations to Liam Kirk, who had a big tournament for Great Britain. Liam Kirk is... Still currently unsigned by the Coyotes, but he is a Coyotes draft pick. He put up nine points in seven games. Connor Garland had 13 points in 10 games. So a a nice tournament for the Coyotes and their prospects all around. To move into a little bit sadder news for you, definitely just had my mic muted and was talking to myself. Um, How are you feeling about uh, Germany's loss? Well, um, yeah, I'm fine with Germany losing. I mean, I know Toby Reeder plays on Team Germany. I believe Toby scored two goals, maybe scored one. This uh, in the tournament, which is nice. So I'm sad for Toby, but I'm glad that you, the United States, won. Like, what? What do you think? I'm gonna be like, oh, 
I'm sad that the United States lost just because my favorite player plays for Team Germany. Well, I just I thought I would check in on you. That was all. I didn't know you <laughs> like a happy Toby Reader, the smiling. I do. Yes, absolutely. Toby. So I just wanted to check in on you and make sure you were okay with, with the results. Yes, I'm perfectly fine. Okay, so it's so it's nation over Toby, as it should be. I'm, yes. I'm glad. Um, no, it was actually a very good showing for the Coyotes, and it's nice because they do get some. As I've said before, you know, there's not a lot of uh, recognition that goes out to Coyotes players, and I mean, um, a lot of things this year have been, and, and last year basically as well too, have been um, overshadowed by. A lot of, um, I guess we'll just say personal issues that the team has been having. So uh, to, and then, you know, their ice play has been dicey at most. So um, to see them have success, multiple players have success and be able to be recognized in this way is always really nice um, to be able to see. And um, I think it it helps in the fact that um, they get some national recognition for once. And it shows how great some of these players are. Um, I mean, most of them, we don't really want to be going anywhere else. So it doesn't really help in the fact of, you know, trying to dish anyone out, but um, uh, this would have been the great opportunity for that. If that was the case. And, and Connor Garland and Liam Kirk both made the all tournament team which is very nice, impressive for them. So, you know, I'm kind of curious about Liam Kirk. You know, we obviously don't have to dive too far into him, obviously, because even I don't know much about him at this point. All I can really do is look up his statistics. But he has yet to sign his ELC with the Coyotes. He was a seventh-round draft pick back in 2018. And right now, at least last season – he was playing um, overseas in the uh, EIHL, and he was also playing in, in a Swedish league too. Um, so he also played a little bit in the OHL back in 2018-2019, you know, and he put up uh, 50 points in 47 games. So, again, like it's a nice little breakout little world championship for a player who, you know, may or may not be in the Coyotes' future um, at this point. Again, they haven't signed him to his ELC yet, so I'm curious what his future may be. But, you know, when you're still trying to figure out what you want to be, it's, like, nice to get on the on the radar of a team like this, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's any time there is a situation, too, where there's a, a prospect of a good prospect for the Coyotes is a – good thing there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen um in their pipeline for it to be profitable so any glimmering light i guess you could say um is a good one for the coyotes and we have we have one more topic here to talk about before we get out of here which is you posted it on instagram so i want to hear how it went uh how did your um engagement photo shoot go Yes, I was hoping for once I wouldn't be exhausted for you guys on uh, the podcast. Of course, I've just been, I, I guess, I feel like nonstop going ever since this whole 
wedding thing started. Um, but yeah, so we did our engagement photos up north. Um, and they went really well. It was, uh, it was quite funny. The, the photo that you saw and, um, the one that I put out on Instagram for all of, uh, my my Instagram is private, but, um, for all of my followers to see was, uh, you know, we went through all the cutesy photos and all the things where everyone's, you know, you're getting staged everything. And, um, one of them we were supposed to, and keep in mind, this is, we were on the rim edge. So like, you are literally on the edge of a cliff, basically. Like, you step too far, you fall off the cliff. Um, and there's a couple times that, like, um, Scotty was supposed to, like, pick me up, and we were supposed to, like, put our heads together and smile to each other, and he was supposed to, like, spin me around. And, like, there's a few times we were just like, oh, this is a little bit dangerous, this close to the edge. And we were, like, sitting off the edge a couple times, you know, trying to be pretty careful about it. Um his mom was even worried about like my wine consumption beforehand because yeah. she was like worried that I was going to fall off. Um, so we were being nice and like cautious throughout the entire thing comes towards like the, you know, like three fourths of it's done. She goes, I want you to, to run towards each other and then do something, whether that's like hug each other or whatever. Scotty goes, I want to do a chest bump. Can we do a chest bump? And I go, okay, well, don't bump me off the edge, for one. And two, um, like, so are we just going to say, like, one, two, three, run, and and just, like, jump in the air and chest bump? Or, what? like, are we doing something? He's like, just chest bump. And I go, okay. And it, we ended up being fine. No one fell off the edge, and it was really funny in the moment. Well, I got sent a sneak peek of our photos this morning, and um, that was one of them. I thought it was really cute from afar, just us, like, chest bumping. It was just kind of funny because you could see all of the, like, rim uh, edge, like, in the background and all this stuff. And so then I send it to our, our dear friend, Catherine Silverman, um, of which I love and hate at the same time for doing this. She zooms in on the picture very, very close to see what my face looks like in it. And my face looks, I'm not exactly sure how to describe this outside of like very focused and very concerned about making sure this chest, uh, that I get off the ground for one and that this chest bump is done properly and uh so i posted today of the photo of the two of us chest bumping and then the photo of the two of us or of me my, me trying to make this happen and it is one of the most unflattering pictures of me i've ever seen but is also one of the funniest pictures i have ever seen yeah, and uh, there's probably a lot in the Spray Nation that aren't going to be able to see it. I forgot that your Instagram was on private, so... Um, I might... If, if enough people from the Sporty Nation um, tweet into the show asking for it, I'll, I might relinquish it onto the Twitter. 
Okay, I will. I will let you make that decision uh, about it. I think the Spartans should should see it because we talked about it on the air, and since we did that, people are going to want to see it, and I think it's great. So well, that's what I I'm telling you now. I am willing to let it go if if we get enough people, um, you know, tweeting into the show saying that they they want to see the picture. If that's the case, then then I will relinquish it because I'm so dedicated to the following. <laughs> okay, then. At Corey underscore Winter Show, Sporty Nation, let us know. Uh, do you have anything at last words before we say goodbye? No, I mean, I, I just, you know, vowed to tweet out that photo of myself. So I think I, I've said quite enough tonight. Tonight, I probably need to end it there. All right, Sporty Nation, we will talk to you again later this week. Remember... June 12th, Saturday afternoon, our fourth anniversary special extravaganza live stream experience of the century is coming to your internet device near you. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, until next time, good night and good hockey, everybody.